You know, I walked into an office the other day and they had their five values up on the wall and it irritated me so much. <laughs> what were they, Eric? Guess, like, let's guess. Uh, innovative, uh, respect, integrity, integrity, respect. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, what a waste of time. And I thought to myself, what would be better to put up there? And do you know what would be better? One sentence. We don't ever deeply internalize the incredible wisdom and the incredible insights around us. You quickly see it on social media and you get that hit of dopamine because you feel like, oh, I've learned something new, but it never pulls through into your behavior or it never changes your thinking and therefore you actually have, haven't learned anything. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Expansive Podcast, a podcast that my co-host Eric Kruger and I record every week, where we talk about everything to become more expansive, both in your personal life as well as your business life. My name is John Sane. I am an author, a keynote speaker, and a future strategist. I'm always joined by, by ever-competitive <laughs> bat-playing, golf-playing co-host Eric Kruger, who is a team specialist, uh, building teams and organizations, a keynote speaker and a best-selling author. Welcome to this week's expansive podcast. Eric, how are you, my friend? Hey, brother. Uh, that was a very, very well-delivered introduction. Um, <laughs> was it? <laughs> we don't, you know, for the listeners that are listening, we used to have pre-written and like rehearsed. Now we're just winging it. I think they're even better winging it. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, I've been good. Thank you. I uh, traveled to Joburg this week for some work. Um, came back on Friday. Mm. It's always it's always so interesting for me now traveling to Joburg as a place to visit versus a place I used to live for the past yes. 12, 13, 14 years. And yes. uh, so you get there, shuttles, back, like it, it's literally just like land at the airport, shuttle to the airport, shuttle to the hotel, do the work, shuttle back to the airport, fly out. And it's like, <laughs> it's such a weird feeling, but, um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's been going really well. What's been happening on your side? Yeah, good. I call that process the hit and run. It's a hit yeah. and run. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my friends in Joburg always say to me, when, when, let's visit. You know, I'm like, guy, honestly, I'm like in, I'm out. You know, I'm back yeah. to Cape Town. <laughs> in fact, you know, I'm moving back to Dubai in the beginning of October and um, I've got like four or five days left in South Africa. And uh, Anita, my business manager, is like, okay, so where do you want to be? I'm like, I'm going to go back to Cape Town. And I'm like, she says, but we have to book a hotel. And in Joburg, you can stay for free. You know, you've got your friend's house. And I'm like, no, mm. no, no. I'm going back to Cape Town. I'm going to stay in a hotel. I'm just going to chill my last few, few five days in Cape Town and then make my way to, to Joburg. I mean, to Dubai. But all our friends in Joburg, look, it's a wonderful place to move and shake. But once you've experienced something outside Joburg, you just realize there is a lot more to life than uh, just uh, the rat race. And uh, so mm. yeah, that's that's mm. that's, that's Tell me, what it is. Are you seeing so in Cape Town right now? Um, are you in a hotel right now? No, no, no. I'm staying with my friend Joe in this six-bedroom okay. mansion in Camps okay. Bay. And um, and this week, actually, I'm in I'm in a game farm. I'm going up to a game farm to work with some clients, which that's I'm awesome. really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, but uh, only a few more weeks left in South Africa. Mm. I feel like you're dodging pedal. I feel like like I've been. Saying now we should play a few times, but I feel like you're dodging me on this. Look, I haven't been playing at all myself, so it's not like I've been is, playing is and dodging the, you. 
Okay. No, I just haven't been playing. So yes, I'm, I'm absolutely keen. Um, I don't see you booking any courts either. So I'm not seeing any invites. <laughs> like, you just chirp, chirp, chirp. I don't get an invite for, look, here's a book court. Let's meet. So yeah, if you want to play, you're the one who wants to keep challenging. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what you've got in your, you've got ants in your pants that you want to beat me at paddle, but that's fine. I'm happy to give it a go. Um, but you, we've got an exciting episode this uh, week. Um, Eric has got a few things that are exciting him. And, uh, you know, every week we look for the latest, greatest things that we're researching and thinking about. And I am right now deep in Gabor Mate's work. I've signed up for a course and working on all sorts of things around trauma and addictions and what causes them and just being fascinated about that. So we'll definitely do a... Uh, mm. podcast or, or three around uh, Gabor Mate's work. Um, if you don't know who he is, Dr. Gabor Mate, check him out. As profound a teacher as I would say Dr. Joe Dispenza is. Um, so yeah, check him out. But today is Eric's day and uh, Eric, please lead us into an expansive future. Yeah, listen, so I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about the Gabor Mate episode. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait for, for you to come and unpack that for us. Um, today's episode can just be called uh, Eric's brain dump because you know every week as I go through the week I'm collecting quotes or ideas and I capture most of this in Evernote um, and the thing is there's just so much happening at the moment the only way that you get to actually remember it is that you have to have some place to keep it and to can reflect back on it because I've spoken about this before otherwise we end up thinking in glances meaning that we uh, we don't ever deeply internalize the incredible wisdom and the incredible insights around us it's you know you, you quickly see it on social media and you get that hit of dopamine because you feel like oh i've learned something new but it never pulls through into your behavior or it never changes your thinking and therefore you actually have haven't learned anything and i find the only process really for me to learn new things is that i have to capture it i have to revisit it and i have to spend some time thinking how do i apply this to my life um that's kind of a just a by the by but what I'm going to share with you here are some things that I've captured over the past maybe week or two um, that I think is just interesting. Um, things about how the future is changing, um, ideas about work, interesting quotes, things about teams, things about marketing. It's like a bit all over the show. So it's a, it's a mishmash um, of Eric's Yeah, it's a buffet, a buffet for those. So where I want to start is um, we've been speaking a lot about AI on the show and mm. the fact that AI is one of the probably one of the biggest drivers of change in the world that we are seeing at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to encourage people again to go in and play around with it a bit because it's actually available to everyone. So there's Dolly 2, then there's Mid Journey, and then there's a new one called Stable Diffusion. Mm -hmm. And with all of these, you know, you get free access to it. Um, some of them you have to wait a little bit to get onto a waiting list. But once you're on the list and once you get access, you go and put in prompts into this machine and it spits out something for you on the other side. Mm. And what we've seen over the past few weeks has been incredible. So, I mean, uh, you probably saw the news that an AI won an art competition. Yeah. <laughs> you saw that, right? Yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> and, and obviously people are up in arms about this because of course. for many people, they are saying, well, AI lacks soul, you know. But it's yeah. weird because I don't know if you've seen this. There are almost two different camps. There's the camp that says oh, AI art's amazing, but it lacks soul. And then there's the other camp who, and it's almost like the people who have no creativity. You know, they go and put stuff on, into like Dolly 2. They get this amazing rendered artwork. And then they go, look how profound this is. I entered, you know, 
the voice of angels into the future yeah. and then like yeah. the ai generates this like yeah. random thing and they go wow it's so profound yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah. so it's interesting for me to to see um how people are already interacting with this and how it's becoming more and more mainstream mm. and then like just some of the applications so obviously people have been generating porn with it I like i, I no. saw that there's a, yeah Seriously. yeah I haven't seen Dude, it. obviously, okay. obviously, that's the first thing people start doing. <laughs> uh, you know the incident. It hasn't even crossed my mind. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. But okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw, I was just going down this AI rabbit hole and um, this whole sub-community called furries, mm. which are, as far as I understand, like people kind of crossbred with like foxes and jackals and whatever. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. And, and people, and there's a, like just archives and archives of people generating AI content regarding furries. Like, it's obviously mm. like a thing. A fetish, um, yeah, of sorts. Yeah. And then what's also been interesting for me is how people have used it for extending artwork. So they take mm. the Mona Lisa, for example, and then the AI goes and fills in what the rest of the room would look like mm. using that exact same process mm. and the exact same like mm. textures and feel of the painting. Mm. And I just keep thinking, we are in iteration like two here, essentially. Mm. You know, mm. where do we end up by iteration 10? The most, the best one that I saw actually was a guy took the descriptions that J.K. Rowling ha had from Harry Potter in her mm. books. Mm. And she took the descriptions that, she's, that she gave of like how Dumbledore would look. And he fed that into an AI. And you will wow. see the incredible images that came out of that. And it's wow. exactly what we were saying a while ago, right? Is that if you are the new J.K. Rowling or the new Tolkien you know, and you write a Lord of the Rings or a Harry Potter, by the time you're done, AI would have generated for you exactly what that character looks like. It brings it to life in real time as you write it. And then by the time you're done, you just press a button and it takes all of that dialogue, all of the scenes, it creates all of it and it turns all of it into a movie for you. Like, it's, it, it's incredible. I mean, the, the future that we are heading into is... And if you are in graphic design, if you are in... Like it's a, you need to be thinking about what you're going to be doing. Can I, can I just, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and it is incredible where we're going, but remember that when we only relied on manpower, horsepower and cow power, and then all of a sudden we have engines with 420 horsepower being pushed out. Imagine that person that always relied on them pushing one cow in a field, being told that there's a steam engine that does 80 of him and mm. 150 of his cow that whole village must have been up in arms thinking, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? What is going to happen to mm. us as a human population? It was unimaginable what could come. And I think it's exactly the same state right now is that we have relied on our own imagination and creativity to come up with X, Y, and Z. And now all of a sudden that's all being wiped out, just like the steam engine power, the, the, the combustion engine, the nuclear engine. I mean, you can't compare human power just to a car, let alone a nuclear mm. power engine, right? Mm. So I think, I think as far as it's very exciting, it can also be very scary. And every time I start getting For into sure. a loop of being scared, I just remind myself that we're already living in a world that scared the shit out of many people uh, 80 years ago. You know what I mean? Mm. Like 80 years ago, people mm. were in panic that this was happening and we fine. We just got along yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're in the same space now. So if anybody listeners are panicking, Look, it's happened in many different guises and we're very much part and parcel of, mm. you know, when somebody, that artist that was complaining about the art um, winning a competition, uh, my first response was, 
did you drive your car today? Are you not complaining that you're driving a car and it took 420 horsepower? Like, you're okay mm. with that invention, but now this invention, you're not. You can't. You've got to be fluid mm. about all of these things mm. that are coming forward. You know? Anyway, go I, on to your next I, I, I'm, I'm so with you. Now. I think one of the most exciting things for me is that the less that you have to worry about that, the more you get to focus on the things that matter. Exactly. Uh, or that you, that you... And so I'm actually already frustrated that I can't go to a site and just say, you know, um, create me all of my slides for uh, for my keynote. Here's all the, the text. Create like create something incredible for me. Or I want my website updated. Here are the main like info sections I want. Go and create it for me. But it's coming. That's going to be around the corner. That AI is going to generate your website for you, your marketing for you, your keynotes for you, all of it. I think it's not even going to create it for you. It's going to suggest it to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't even so, think, I think, I think creation is so 20 minutes ago. And if you look at the numbers of Netflix dropping like, like wildfire mm. fire, just dropping and people are canceling all these subscriptions because there's so much choice. And the winner is the, is the brands that are suggesting, you know, like the Spotify. Mm. Okay. Mm. Let's go to your next one. All right. So that's number one. Number two, it's just a quick, I heard these two phrases and I think you'll really like it. The one is fragile optimism and the other one is agile optimism. So fragile optimism is when you are optimism or when your optimism is about a specific outcome. And of course, we know that things might get in the way. Like when we have a, a specific plan, then um, things get derailed. Uh, life is very nonlinear. And so being explicitly tied to that outcome makes it uh, a fragile uh, way of looking at it. Whereas agile optimism is about the process. It's about saying, sure, like I have a general direction that I'm heading in, but I'm optimistic about my ability to invest in the process and in the effort of getting there. Um, I, I don't have much more to say about that. Yeah, I, I don't have much more to say. How much I love that. Oh my God, I thought I'm you typing would. it down actually. I thought yeah. you would. <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> that is so good. Fragile optimism and agile optimism. Oh my God, yeah. that is gold. Well done. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. So I, just, I, I put a little like bow on it for you because I know that like optimism is your shtick so yeah it really is yeah I love it. okay good one okay cool um number three um so we obviously talk a lot about the fact that you know because of our, our interest in Joe Dispenza's work and the idea that you have to live in the end state meaning that you have to live with the feeling of what you want your life to look at or look like um and especially if there's a discrepancy between where you are and where you want to be, they all kind of say the same thing. They all say, well, you have to get the feeling of living in that state, mm. but today already. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that we maybe do wrong is that we try and get there through our minds alone. And what we have to do is also think about what can I just do in my day that's going to make me feel like I'm already there. And I remember many, many years ago when I started down this path, essentially like let's say about 2011, 2012, um, Marinus would always ask me, so one of my friends, he would ask me, like, what does your ideal day look like? And I would go through this, like, day of, like, you know, this kind of meeting and this big keynote and this thing over the year, like, whatever. But it always started with, like, I, I go and have cappuccino at this amazing coffee shop first thing in the morning. Because that's just, like, I have the freedom to go and do that. I don't have to rush to a specific place. And he said, well, can't you do that already? And I looked and I was like, actually, yes. Like, actually, I can do that. Like, I, I've put this into the future, but like, actually, yeah, I can yeah. go and have that coffee today. Mm. And so I've really started thinking a lot about what are the things that I can do today that's just going to make me feel good. Mm. And part of that, for example, for me is 
that I make sure I always prioritize my 12 to 1 with my pups. So I've actually booked that out of my calendar now. You can't book me for a meeting or for a coaching session or for a keynote at 12 to 1. That is time for me and my dogs. Um, to go to the park, to be refreshed, to be in the fresh air, uh, to dress well, to drive the Porsche. Like, I, I know it sounds like it's weird, but like when you do these things, you know, it just it, it makes you feel good um, to make sure I meditate, to make sure I eat well. And so I've layered all of this in very specifically into my day and into my week to make sure that I'm not only relying on my mind to create that state, but I'm physically doing things that put me into that state. Love it. Um, listening yep. to Ray Kurzweil. Do you know him? Uh, uh, Singularities. Kind of. Yeah. Founder oh, of Singularity yeah, yeah. University. Yeah. <clears throat> heads up one of the AI departments in Google. 86% of his predictions have come true from his book he wrote in the 1990s. And he says that Singularity is at 2045, uh, which is when computers become smarter than humans. And by 2029, you won't know whether you're speaking to a human or a computer. And he says that's all on track. But the Lex Friedman, the guy who's interviewing him, says, how do you think about the future? He says, I imagine the future I want, and then I write a speech accepting that future and presenting that future as it is. Mm, and mm. so now we're talking about a 75-year-old scientist that's using the law of attraction and <laughs> the law of intention mm, in a mm. different way. So I think very much on the same mark as you. So very good. Like it. Well done. Cool. Number four. So this pops up from time to time for me that I see people going on the internet ranting about soft skills. So we're making a bit of a transition to the world of work for a moment. Mm. People go on the internet and they rant about soft skills. And the thing that they always go on about is that we need to rename soft skills because um, we need to give it a, like, you know, it should be core called skills. power skills or it should be called yeah. core skills or it should be called yeah. whatever. And I actually take some issue with that. And I think people misunderstand what's happening. When we say soft skills, we aren't saying that these skills are less important. Soft has no bearing on the yeah. importance yes. of the skill. Yes. Yes. The other thing is that soft has nothing to do with the degree of difficulty of the skill. They go like, oh, but mm. soft skills are so much harder. And we not, soft has nothing to do with the degree of difficulty. <laughs> when, when the term soft and hard skills were developed, it was developed in the military many, many years ago. And the way they differentiated was hard skills was your interaction with a machine and soft skills was your interaction the with a person. Oh. And so... Soft skills is actually the perfect way to think of it because what do we need more than anything else when interacting with other people at the moment mm. is softness. So I wish people would just get their minds recalibrated in the sense it's not degree of difficulty, it's not importance, it's simply about the attitude towards the skill, to, in my opinion. Love it. I, it's, a, it's like being analytical and wise. It's like we don't need more cleverness, we need some wisdom. We need some softness and patience rather than direction and action which is mm. always what we've been driving, right? Soft is almost like a patient approach rather than a directive approach that a machine yeah. needs. Yeah. You, I, I didn't know that about the military. You know, hard skills is with machinery, soft skills with humans. Very good. Jeez, I didn't know mm. that. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. I see you're quite passionate about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it, just pop, it pops up so often. And then, I don't know if this happens to you, but I look at the comments on LinkedIn. I saw this, um, so I saw a comment on LinkedIn two days ago. I, I must have looked at that comment or that post for like 10 minutes deciding am i going to post something and then i like i formulate this thing in my head where i'm like going to attack the post essentially not attack the post but like voice my opinion and then i go actually i'm not interested like i i don't feel like 
I'll post it, but then they're going to make a rebuttal. Then I'm going to have to post on that. Then like, I don't want to go through the, all of that. Yeah. But this lady essentially said, screw potential. Just be happy with who you are. And I was like, no, no, like never screw potential because yes, who you are might be good, but there's always the potential to be more. So why would you, but, and I was like, sure. do I, do I go and post that? No, or do but, I just but like, I think both are true, but I think both are true. I yeah. think it depends what mood you're in. Mm. And I also think it but, just depends where you are in your process of development. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just want to be happy with where you are. It's also, mm. I think it's also exhausting every time you switch on social media to tell you, you need to be better. Mm. It's like, you need to pitch into your potential. You need to heal this. You need to fix that. You're like, dude, just sometimes leave me alone. You know, sometimes I just want to relax. Mm. I just don't want to do anything mm. like screw potential. Mm. So, mm. so I think everything is situational, Eric. And I think mm. ultimately you want to be exploring your potential as much as you can. And I think sometimes you just want to rest. And I think you and I are yeah. so ambitious in developing more of ourselves. And, and I think maybe sometimes too impatient in developing that. And off air, we speak about this impatience quite often. But I think, I think it's situational, Brew. And, and, you know, I think you're right. And I think she's right. And I think mm. some days I'll catch you in the week and you'll also say that. And then other days in the week, you'll be like, no, 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 I'm not like that, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I just, mm. I wouldn't ever phrase it like that. I don't think you fair. should, you know, fair, your... Fair, fair. So, that's, so that was the that was the, the okay. other one because <laughs> see that one's also passionate. Screw your, <laughs> screw your potential. <laughs> <laughs> you got people who are not watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on, you can't see Eric's face. He's like getting into it. These last two have been hardcore, close to his heart. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, three more to go quickly. Um, one is I've just been toying with this idea that every team should assign a team rudder. And a team rudder is just someone who is steering the team for the week. So, you know, in the old days, you would always have the team leader kind of responsible for everything from accountability to feedback. But what we see, obviously, is as we move into a more collaborative society is that you are um, accountable in your team to everyone all the time at any time. And so what that also means is that anyone at, at any point can take some accountability or take the responsibility rather for steering the team in the direction of where the team wants to go. Meaning that for that week, you are the one reminding the team of the team operating system, of the values, the beliefs, the behaviors that we are trying to change. And then we switch it up every single week so someone has responsibility for making sure the team does what it should do at a team level and not just at a task level. So that's just something okay. to think about for, for people from a, a team point of view. Because okay. otherwise, you know, what happens is if no one takes the lead, and it can't always just be the formal team leader, then like nothing happens and unfortunately team change is quite a, a difficult thing to so it's almost like a, it's almost like a, it's, a, it's, it's almost like a, a a culture coach it's almost like somebody who's like keeps reminding you about the directive or the the tonality that's yeah. required for where we're going you know i walked mm. into an office the other day um and they had their five values up on the wall and it irritated me so much what were they, Eric? Guess, like, let's guess. Uh, innovative, uh, integrity, respect. Integrity. respect. Oh, yeah. And I just thought to myself, what a waste of time. And I mm. thought to myself, what would be better to put up there? And do you know what would be better? One sentence. One mm. sentence that says, and, and I, was, I was thinking about this, like the sentence says, we 100% focus on giving a customer an unbelievable experience and respecting mm. our co-colleagues. Our colleagues, mm. whatever. Okay, mm. that's mm. it. Like, 
Forget about everything else. Integrity, integrity, flippin' whatever. Like nobody <laughs> practices it. Yeah. But just one sentence. Like, and I think that always we find ourselves in that one sentence. So even with the team, the tonality of the team, one sentence. And I remember mm. saying this in my restaurants. It's like, are we focused on the customer having an unbelievable experience? No. Okay, then why are you wasting my time? Like, mm. whatever you're talking to me about, frame it to me in how the customer is going to have a better time. You standing there talking to your other waiter, is that helping the customer? No. Okay. Are the mm. lights too bright? Mm. Is that helping the customer? No. Okay. Just bring it down to one sentence. Because mm. ultimately, every business has to do one sentence. And so, mm. for me, the team rudder, if it's got already five values that it has to be driving, you've lost already before you've even started. Yeah, yeah. So, I would mm. add to that, simplify the message and then have one rudder that everybody always has to follow through. Mm. Yeah, I like that. All right, next one. So this is just a quick quote. Um, my favorite musical that I watch like over and over again um, is The Greatest just, Showman. Have you, have you watched oh, okay, it? Okay, okay, okay. Yes, of course I have. It's so good. Eh? Yeah. Jeez, How's I keep coming movie, back yeah? to it. It's just, it's phenomenal. And yeah, it's so good. I mean, I love the songs. I love, but anyway, there's a quote um, from the movie that I was just listening to and it just caught my attention. It said, a man's station in life is limited only by his imagination. Hmm. Yeah, that movie's profound, bro. Great, eh? Sure. That movie cry, I cried, man. I cried in that movie a couple of times, actually. It's so deep and so like... And I love him. What's his name? Uh, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's fantastic, dude. So good. He's just got so much great energy. He's just so open. And even mm. when you watch him and you watch him in interviews, he's just so bigger than life, you know? And mm. it's amazing. You know, the more of these interviews I watch with these actors that have made it big, it's no mistake they've made it big, you know? They, like, mm. uh, McConaughey, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, just, Matthew McConaughey, yeah. The guy is deep, deep. He's thought about things in deep ways. Tom Cruise, um, what's his name from... He was with uh, ugh, Limitless. What was his name? That guy, good-looking guy. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, jeez. The guy is next-level human, dude. I mean, he's like human mm. 2.0, that guy. And then so is Hugh Jackman. <laughs> These guys are unbelievable, you know? Mm. Meryl Streep, you listen to an interview with her. Those people have gone deep. So much mm. respect to them. Yeah, thank you for that. Imagination uh, is like limited. What, what? Your, your a man's man station in life is limited only by his imagination. Yes, very good. I like that. Um, yeah. And then the last one is just a, a marketing trope, I guess, that I picked up in the week. Um, and I can't remember who said it, but they just said, instead of marketing more, you should matter more. Mm. And I thought that was really good. Oof. Jeez, that is so profound that because I often think when people are marketing things and pushing things online, and I think to myself, geez, but could, you could do a lot more work just actually sharing something profound to change my life rather than telling me mm. about your program. And mm. I, I was watching this, uh, this TikTok about somebody saying, you know, the old way of marketing was telling people the sort of five points of what they would get from working with you to now it's giving you the five points, giving you so much value that people just want to jump on and keep giving you money. So it's mm. a much more abundant and open way of marketing rather than like, you know, that, that ridiculous, that, that those conferences where they have all those people come on for five minutes to tell you how amazing their programs are and that you must mm. sign up. That bothers mm. me so much, you know, so much. So <clears throat> I think this, this is exactly it is instead of marketing matter, like matter more. Oh, that's matter profound. more. I love that. Mm. You know, um, I also, you've seen these TikTok dances where the people go like, um, they'll, like they'll have some music play in the background 
and then they'll go like the five things you should do for whatever you know to to be a better leader or whatever and then they'll like point to the screen and there'll be like these five things that yes, just yes, jump yes. up right yes and i thought about that in this context and i was like well actually like do you think anyone is going to change or do anything differently because of what they just saw there? Like it's, it's so superficial. It's actually just for you to like look cute on camera. Yeah. It actually yeah, has nothing yeah. to do with, with mattering more. Like, yeah. And, but I think you've actually been nailing this on the head recently. That's why some of your videos have been doing so well, because I think the, um, the message you've been delivering matters a lot to the people consuming it, but I can say it also matters a lot to you. And so the way that it's been delivered, um, uh, portrays that, you know, and I think therefore it's connecting to people. Mm. And yeah, right. I think, I, yeah. and I think what, what Twitter does or, or what, um, what TikTok does is it perpetuates market more, 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 quicker videos, 10, 10 second videos, quick, 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 three a day, like three times five, 15 videos a week, <laughs> like, you know, just be in people's face more, more, more. Um, <laughs> instead of just slowing down and like just, just matter more to the person, like just connect to them at the level that they need to be connected at. That's so profound, Eric, you know, quality over quantity and social media mm. forces us for quantity because of the, they just want more numbers and more money mm. and all that. And this is really just about, so look, as somebody with a video with 412,000 views, I just want to say, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I kind of figured you'd find a way to work that into the conversation. <laughs> no, no, what are you, who, who's got 400, what? <laughs> What's the other one, 112? No, jeez, shh, guys, come on, shh, shh. <laughs> Be humble. How, be humble. how many keynotes did you end up booking off that uh, 412,000 views? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you never know where these bookings come from. You never know saw what, where. I have no idea. Anyway, well, brother, that was um, wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, wisdom and profound uh, sort of lessons. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in to the Expansive Podcast again. Like we said, we do this once a week, always sharing the latest, greatest things to do to become more expansive in your life. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the rest of the week, and we will tap into you again at the end of this week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with somebody that you think might benefit from hearing it. And also, if you haven't left us a review, please go over to iTunes or to Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It would be really appreciated. Ciao. Goodbye.